So uh, today's message is entitled Embracing the Vision or Embrace the Vision. So let's uh, open up with our prayer. If you could pray uh, after me, or it might even be up on the screen. Uh, Avinu Malkenu, our Father and our King, give me eyes to see, ears to hear, a heart to perceive, and the will to obey your word that I hear today in Yeshua's name. Amen. Last week, Rabbi Michael started our series on vision, and he spoke on the topic of the principle of vision, giving us an overview of how important vision is to our lives and especially to kingdom building. So he encouraged us with these following three principles. He talked about the the purpose of vision. Uh, We know that the scriptures tell us without a vision, the people perish. But he broke down what that scripture really meant, encouraging us that if we don't have, uh, if we do not have a revelation from the word and the spirit, and and we have no mental picture of God's purpose for you in the kingdom, you will be out of control, unrestrained, lawless, and your life will amount to nothing. Ooh. So hopefully we grabbed hold of that and realized we need to have a vision. He talked about the power vision, that vision is the engine that will take you where you want to go, and it is the energy that fuels us on the road of spiritual opportunity. And again, for some reason you missed his message, please go to the podcast, which Randy puts up every week, and listen to it. And, um, and so you'll get the foundation of this series here. And then he talked about the power of vision, uh, or the possibilities of vision, I'm sorry, and that is to change our reality. So as I said, today we're going to talk about embracing the vision. Uh, If you need a pen, I think our ushers can maybe get you one because I did give you a handout so you can take uh, some notes on this. And specifically, we're going to be talking about the vision of uh, Beth Emanuel. Uh, obviously, as Rabbi Michael said last week, you know, there, there should be vision for your life and family and things like this. But we are just talking in this series going forward about the vision for Beth Emanuel. See, many times people, believers, fall into the trap of thinking that when they come to faith and they embrace Yeshua, and now they're this relationship with God, it is so that God can make their life better by giving them a better job, a better home, better health, better looks, we wish, right, etc., While it is true that when we accept Yeshua into our lives and enter into a personal relationship with the creator of the universe, uh, that our lives change for the better, it is not the sole purpose of our coming to faith. The first reason is to redeem us and to write our names in the book of life. Can anyone say amen? Dayenu, if that was it, that would be enough. That is the first purpose that you know, you and I are heaven-bound. Our names are in, in that book of life. Uh, but Adonai welcomes us into his kingdom and wants us to catch his vision for the world. And simply put, what would you say the vision of God is for the, the world? Famous scripture, Yochanan 3.16, that none should perish. Why? For God so loved the world that he sent his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. So that's the vision God had for the world that led him to send his one and only son uh, to die on our behalf. So what are, we, what are the steps then to take for embracing his vision? As I said, we're going to focus on the vision of Beth Emanuel. And the first thing is you must know what the purpose and mission is before you can have a vision. 
If you don't know your purpose and if you don't know your mission, you're never going to be able to have a vision. So what is the purpose of Beth Emanuel in one sentence? It's said almost every, every week to what? Connect, and this is your blank there, connect people, Jewish people to the Messiah and help them get from where they are to where God wants them to be. Can we say that together? To connect Jewish people to the Messiah and to help them get from where they are to where God wants them to be. Well, what about Gentile people, Rabbi Carol? I'm, I'm a Gentile, and I'm coming to the congregation, and we say amen. The reality is that as our purpose is to connect Jewish people, we are automatically going to, to encounter Gentile people as well. Think of the people, how many of you have gone out on the outreaches with us? And then we're out there, and we are trying to share with Jewish people about the congregation, but we get many, many Gentiles who come by the table, many, many Gentiles who we've done questionnaires with while we're on the street. And we don't say, oh, you're Gentile, we can't talk to you. Well, of course, we embrace them and welcome them uh, and the opportunity to, to bring them to Messiah and help them to get from where they are to where God wants to be. But we shared this in, in years past. There are many, many congregations whose who focus is on reaching Gentile people. So our focus is reaching and connecting to Jewish people to Messiah. But in the process, we also do that to Gentile people. And Ida Line, our nursery director, is a very good example. She was invited to a Rosh Hashanah service, even though she's not Jewish. Her friend Rena invited her. They were, worked together, and she came to Rosh Hashanah service. And I remember coming down off the platform and talking with her, and I led her uh, to Messiah that very, very night. And she has plugged in here the congregation. She's our nursery director. So you see what I'm saying? So I don't want people to think, oh, you want to talk to Gentiles. Of course we reach out to Gentiles as well. But our purpose is to connect Jewish people to the Messiah and help them get from where they are to where God wants them to be. Many call this the Great Commission. Yeshua tells his Talmudim, and it's a word to us in Matthew, Matthew 28, 19 through 20, Therefore go and make people from all nations into Talmudim, disciples, immersing them into the reality of the Father, the Son, and the Ruach HaKodesh, and teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded you. And remember, I will be with you always, yes, even unto the end of the age. So connecting Jewish people to the Messiah and helping them get from where they are to where God wants them to be is the process called discipleship. It's not, oh, let's have someone pray a prayer with us, although we are going to give you opportunity at the end of this message to pray a prayer, but it is to take you from that prayer and to see you grow to into a disciple of God, becoming more like Messiah, and taking place your part in the kingdom within the congregation, that one day you might be the nursery director or any other position here in the congregation, giving your talents and giftings to, to Adonai. So this is what we uh, God has called us to do. So again, what does Yeshua say to his Talmudim when he calls them to himself? When he, when he saw Kepha and the others fishing, he said, come follow me and I will what? I will make your life better. I will give you a new house. I will make you wealthy. I will make you famous. I'll take away all your problems. No. He said, come follow me and I will make you fishers of men, as many of you said. Friends, this is the core purpose of every single person 
in this room who has made the decision to follow Yeshua. Often people come up to me, Rabbi Carol, I don't know what my purpose or mission is in life. I just, I'm telling you right now, this is your purpose. This is your mission to make disciples, to go and to preach the Bisarah, the good news, and to make disciples. And we need to keep the main thing, the main thing in our lives, in our job, in our family and relationships, and finances and health will then all fall into to place. As Michael and I were discussing this series, we were talking about how there needs to be like a paradigm shift in the minds of most believers because we think following Yeshua is about us, that our lives, again, will be enhanced and will be better. And we live in the generation, and we were talking about this yesterday, that is so self-absorbed and self-preoccupied. You know, uh, I mean, think about it, you know, the selfies, and we've discussed this in the, in the past in messages, right? Everyone puts a selfie on and the selfie stick, and they, myself included. You know, it's been a few years since I've been home, but I was looking through some of my pictures on Facebook, and that last night, I went around taking a, a selfie with every person in my family who was there, right? But we can, it can make us be so self-absorbed and so self-centered, and that's not what the kingdom is about. God will make our lives better just living in his presence. And I said, the fact that we know our names are written in the book of life and we are heaven bound makes my life better. I don't know about you, but that creates great joy in my heart. But it doesn't mean that my life will be without challenge. Even Rob Shaul talks about that he knew how it was to live with abundance and he knew what it was like to live with little. But in everything, he kept the main thing, the main thing. He said, I press forward towards the prize of knowing Messiah. In other words, this is the purpose in my life, to serve him. And we must do the same. So our purpose statement, again, read it with me. It's there on your sheet. To connect Jewish people to the Messiah and to help them get from where they are to where God wants them to be. Now, in more detail, we have a purpose statement that we uh, developed many years ago, and it's right there underneath that. So the purpose of Beth Emanuel is to bring Jewish people to salvation by declaring, that's your first blank there, Yeshua the Messiah, equipping them to demonstrate his love to others, to express their devotion to God, and to be dedicated to one another and to grow as disciples. And that's up there on the screen, and you can write those words in your blank. So in one sentence, our purpose is to connect Jewish people to the Messiah and help them get from where they are to where God wants them to be. Breaking it down into a little more detail, it is to proclaim the good news so that we can bring them to salvation by declaring Yeshua as the Messiah, equipping them to demonstrate his love, to others, to express their devotion, to be dedicated, and to grow as disciples. Those five areas. And these five areas of purpose and mission, I want to tell you today, are true for every congregation that is truly born anew and serving Adonai. And what are these these areas that we're talking about? When we talk about declaring Yeshua as Messiah, we're talking about outreach. When we're talking about demonstrating his love to others, we're talking about Ministry, reaching out to the community. When we're talking about a devotion to Adonai, we're talking about worship. When we're talking about being dedicated to one another, we're talking about fellowship. 
And we do that every month when we have our oneg. In the, uh, and the reason for that bagel oneg is so that we have a time to just sit and schmooze and fellowship and, and uh, you know, many thanks to Robin who has provided these bagel onegs for most of the year. You know, thank you, thank you very much. Yes. And given us an opportunity. And, you know, going forward, I'll just say this here. I was going to send an email out. But, you know, if you would like to sponsor a Bagel Oneg next year, please see myself or Rena. And so we can set up a schedule where different people, you know, can, could uh, sponsor an Oneg. But we so appreciate Robin's uh, dedication to doing that this past year. And, again, that why do we have that monthly? So that we could have an opportunity of, of fellowship. So understanding our purpose and mission is very, very important to understand the vision for our future. So vision is where we are going with our mission. So we understand our mission. Now let's talk about how that connects to vision. Vision is where we are going with our mission. Listen to this story. When he was 88 years old, the Supreme Court Justice Oliver Wendell Holmes found himself on the train, and the conductor called for uh, tickets, but Justice Holmes couldn't find his and seemed terribly upset. So he was searching through his pockets and fumbled around his wallet without success. And the conductor, conductor was very sympathetic. He says, oh, don't worry, Mr. Holmes. You know, the Pennsylvania Railroad will be happy to, to trust you because when you reach your destination, you'll probably find the, find the ticket and you can uh, email it to us. And the conductor's kindness really didn't uh, put Holmes at ease. He said, dear man, my problem is not where is my ticket, but where am I going? So vision is to tell us where we are going with our mission. Where we are going with our mission. It's great to know our purpose, but how are we going to achieve that? How are we going to declare Yeshua to others? How are we going to see these five areas blossom in your lives and in this congregation? Some years ago, we put together a, a, a vision statement that listed these five areas and a few other in great, great detail, giving bullet points under each area and things we wanted to see. And those who went through the membership class recently, you saw that vision statement. And um, uh, some of those things actually happened. We did fulfill those things. Uh, unfortunately, many of them did not. Did not. And as rabbis, we feel that at this time, it's time to refocus on the vision because we truly believe, and you've heard us say this, that the best is yet to come. And while we are still committed to uh, the items that are listed on that two-page vision statement, we realized that what we needed to do was narrow down our focus for a season. And our problem with that statement was that it had too many things uh, that we didn't, you know, it, it didn't help us to be focused. So that's what we're going to be doing in this next year. And that's what we want to share and encourage you uh, with this morning. Habakkuk chapter 2, the prophet is uh, speaking and he says, I will stand at my watch post. I will station myself on the rampart. I will look to see what God will say through me. I will answer when I'm reproved. Then Adonai answered me and he said, write down the vision clearly. Right? Write down the vision clearly on tablets so that even a runner can read it. For the vision is meant for its appointed time. It speaks of the end and does not lie. It may take a while, but wait, for it will surely come to pass. It will not delay. 
So our vision for Beth Emanuel for 2018, and you have a place on the bottom of that card, and there are enough cards for everyone because I want everyone to have a card and to take home with them and to keep this card in front of it. It says to write down the vision. All of our efforts in the five areas of our person statement will go to achieve this vision. And when that vision is achieved, we will then be able to focus on other areas that will help us with the mission. In fact, many of those things will actually naturally begin to take place as we focus on this. So our vision for 2018 is to grow to 200 people, okay? To grow to 200 people by the end of 2018. And again, as we focus on that, other things, as I said, will naturally begin to take place. So that leads us to the main point of this message is embracing the vision. And this is on the back of your card. I have a few points that are going to help us. How are we going to make this happen? The first thing is to embrace the vision. And in the future message, we'll talk a little bit more about the practical things of it. But we need everyone to embrace the vision because the vision cannot be fulfilled by just Rabbi Michael and I, as we said many, many times before, not by a, a handful of people in the leadership. Even at the, our business meeting this past uh, week, we talked about that, which we would like to say congratulations to Randy, who was elected as our new trustee for the next three years. But the first thing we need to have to embrace the vision is a desire. By desire, I do not mean wishful thinking. So you write it down. Oh, yeah, that's going to be nice. Let's, we'll have uh, you know, 200 people by uh, 2018. But by desire, I mean a passion that consumes your heart, that this is what we're about as individuals who are committed to Beth Emanuel. We want to see others connect to Messiah and to grow. Now, my son, Josiah, I told him I was going to mention this. He has to take his GRE test tomorrow. He's preparing for grad school next year. And uh, so the last few weeks, the last month, I've been helping uh, to prep him and, and study. And then at the beginning of this last week, I said to him, Josiah, you and I are going to eat, drink, breathe, and dream GRE. I said, this last week, we are going to do everything we can to prep you for this test. We have a vision of what we want him to get on that test. And so a lot of hours have been put into his preparation and he has embraced, although it's not been without its struggle because he's in the middle of five classes at Stony Brook, but embrace the fact that he has to take this test. And uh, so we need to have a desire for the vision. Rabbi Michael mentioned Nehemiah in his message last week, and so I'm going to share different scriptures from Nehemiah in my message today. What was Nehemiah's reply to the king who asked him, what do you want? Remember, he was a cupbearer to the king, and the king said in Nehemiah chapter 2, verse 4, what is it that you want? I prayed to the God of heaven, then I said to the king, if it pleases the king, if your servant has won you favor, Send me to Yehuda, to the city of my ancestors' tomb, so that I can rebuild it. He had a desire, and that desire was to return to Jerusalem to rebuild that city. If you don't embrace the vision and have a desire to see it, you're going to write it down in this card, throw it in your car, 
end up in the trash and forget all about it. Well, Rabbi Michael and I and the leadership are encouraging you, embrace this vision. Have a desire to see this congregation grow to 200. Because let me talk a little bit about why we're setting the number. It's not for the sake of numbers. It's never for the sake of numbers. For any spiritual leader, I can tell you that. 200 represents new people. And this is what we're talking about. New people who have connected to the Messiah who are not yet connected. That they are connected to Messiah and that their names will be written in the book of life like yours and mine and plugged in where they can grow as a Talmud or a Talmud of Yeshua. So that's why we, we want to grow, again, not for the sake of numbers, but our purpose, what's our purpose? To connect Jewish people to the Messiah and help them get from where they are to where God wants them to be, Okay. And so this is what this is about. But we have to have a desire to see it take place. So when you embrace the vision and you, you're saying, I have a desire to see this happen, which leads me to the ex, uh, second aspect of embracing the vision, which is support it. What does support look like? One, it means you will not speak negatively about the vision. Unfortunately, many times when people... Uh, put out a specific vision for something in their life, the naysayers come out of the woodwork. They're the ones that say things to you like this. Oh, that'll never happen. <laughs> You'll never accomplish that. Has that happened to you where you shared something that God put on your heart and people look at you like, you're going to do what? No way. That's not going to happen. Well, supporting the vision of reaching 200 and, uh, by the end of 2018 means you're not going to go around and say to someone else in the congregation, I don't know whether rabbis came up with that number. Are they crazy? Well, maybe, but... <laughs> you will not be a person who says, why do we need to grow to 200? I like the congregation just like it is. See, that's naysayers. That's not showing support. Showing support means you will put your effort into seeing the vision fulfilled. When Nehemiah returned to Jerusalem, he had a vision, as we heard there, to rebuild the wall. However, he needed others to support this vision by putting their effort into it. Later in chapter 2, verses 17 and 18, as he has returned to Jerusalem, now he's talking to the people there. He said, afterwards, I said to them, you see what a sad state we are in, how Yerushalayim lies in, lies in ruins with its gates burned up. Come, let's rebuild the wall of Yerushalayim so that we won't continue in distress. I also told them of the gracious hand of God that had been on me, also what the king had said to me. And they said what? Let's start building at once, okay? I know everyone can read, and it's right up there on the screen. So what did they say? Let's start building at once and energetically set out to do this good work. That was in Nehemiah. Nehemiah had the vision. We have the vision, but others came to support. And they said, let's do this work. And they energetically gave their effort to building the wall of Jerusalem, which we know was accomplished. This leads me to my next point. Embracing the vision means a willingness to do whatever it takes for the purpose to be fulfilled. Put this into one word, it's sacrifice. 
What is the problem with sacrifice? It's going to cost you and me something. Yeshua paid the ultimate sacrifice. He laid down his life for you and me. Think about it in the, in the Garden of Eden, in, I mean, in the, in the garden there in Jerusalem, right before he was executed on the stake. He was praying to his father, and he said, if this could pass. It was not an easy thing he went through. He was fully man, and he felt everything. Yet not what I will, but what you want. Sacrifice cost his very, very life. Because God loved me so, lo- so much, in response to that great love, I will be willing to sacrifice to see the vision, the mission, the purpose fulfilled that God has set over this congregation, right? Sacrifice. So you have to have a desire. You have to be willing to support it, but you have to be willing to sacrifice. As I said, you know, we have been working hard for the last three or four weeks uh, with Josiah. I have been, I can tell you, uh, my nights and my early mornings have been devoted every extra hour that I had. It was a sacrifice uh, because I didn't do things that I normally do for myself uh, in order to help Josiah with this vision. I was committed to helping him. So pray for him tomorrow from 2.30 to 5.30 <laughs> as he takes the GRE. But it took a sacrifice. It takes sacrifice on his part. Again, he's in the middle. He had three finals, I mean, three midterms, a paper, all in the middle of this. So he had to make sacrifice in order to do this uh, preparation. And sacrifice is not an easy thing to do. On last Wednesday's study, not this week, but last week, we discussed uh, uh, Parsha Vayera, and we had a section on hospitality. And as we reflected on the hospitality that Abraham showed to Adonai and the two angels who accompanied him, in the discussion, several people mentioned that it requires time and energy to be hospitable, and sometimes you just don't want to give that time and energy, right? To be honest, right? Translated into one word again, what is that? Sacrifice. Nehemiah 5.16, he says, Moreover, I put all my energy into working on this wall. I didn't buy land, him and the servants with him. We didn't buy any land, and all my servants were gathered for the work. Embracing the vision, you have a desire. You're willing to support it. You're willing to make a sacrifice. And last, which I mentioned uh, uh, earlier, is a focus. Embracing the vision means that there is a focus. There are many, many things that we can do in any given day or week. However, we need to filter all of those things to the vision we have for the next year. So as we approach the next year as a leadership team, we are going to filter things. Is this going to accomplish the vision? Is this going to help us to to reach more people with the good news of Yeshua the Messiah? Will this help us to grow to 200 by the year, end of year 218? Obviously, it doesn't take much to, to, to realize that a great focus is going to be on outreach, that first step of the five different uh, elements of, of uh, our purpose and mission statement. Because if you don't reach out to people, 
how are we going to grow? So you're going to know that that's going to be a major part. And again, we'll go into a little more details in messages ahead. Nehemiah refused to be distracted from the vision that Adonai had given to him to build the wall. If you remember, he had different people who tried to distract him, people who tried to discourage him, people who uh, accused him of doing things, you know, for the wrong motive uh, and all sorts of things. Nehemiah is a good book to read. Uh, I would encourage you to maybe read it during this season. So one of those people was Sanballat, and he tried to get Nehemiah to come down from the wall at one point actually several times, and the main reason was because he did not like what Nehemiah was doing, uh, because he did not want to see the walls of Jerusalem rebuilt, uh, because, you know, he had a place in the land of Israel at that point, and with Nehemiah coming back and the restoration of, Jer- of Jerusalem and the walls and uh, with the Jewish people would not go well for him, so he opposed this, and he tried to get him down, and in Nehemiah chapter 6, verse 3, this is what Nehemiah said to him. And this is one of the occasions. I am too busy with important work to come down. Why should the work stop while I leave it to come down to you? That was focus. I'm here to build the wall, Nehemiah said. That is what God called me to do. That's the vision he gave me. That is what I requested from the king. The king gave me supplies and protection to come back to my land and my focus is to build the wall. All you're doing, Sanballat, is trying to distract me. Why do I want to meet with you? I'm not coming down. And other times, Sanballat says, oh, I'm going to send this letter off you know, to the king and telling him that you're trying to set yourself up as king in the land. And, and this is what Nehemiah said. You know, you're making all of that up. None of it is true. And I'm not going to come down and engage you because I have a focus And that focus is to build the wall. So embracing the vision means there's a desire on your part, right? There's support, uh, there's uh, sacrifice, and there's focus. Friends, the work that Adonai has called us to do is so important, too important for us to be distracted from it. Think about your loved ones who do not yet know Messiah. Now, we have shared many times in this year an intense prayer for salvation of our loved ones and our family, and by extension, we have included your loved ones. I just want you to know, uh, I can tell you, many of your children and spouses are called out by name, by my family. My family doesn't, my family doesn't live here. They're all in Missouri. So I always pray, God, send someone to speak to my family because I'm not there. When I have opportunity in, through texting and mainly and maybe a phone call, I'm able to speak, uh, you know, of the hope of Messiah. And we as a congregation may be the answer to some family member's prayer, right? And the work that God has called us to do is too important to be distracted by other things. We live in the, one of the largest concentrations of Jewish people in the world here in this metropolitan area. 
And God has called us to be a lighthouse to the Jewish people. Friends, we've said this before, but every day you rub shoulders with Jewish people. And those are Jewish people who need to be connected to the Messiah. To know God and to get from where they are to where God wants them to be. That's our purpose and our mission. But now we have to have a vision to see that come to pass. And so, again, a simple vision for the next year is to grow to 200, and we're going to give some details under that to, to see how we will accomplish that vision. Rabbi Michael and I are confident in Adonai's calling and purpose in this congregation. As I said, it's to reach Jewish people. It has never, ever changed. From Ray to Ashley, who served before us, the mission and purpose has always been clear for this congregation. And now that mission needs to be expressed in a vision, a goal for a certain season. And this is what we are sharing with you in this series here. We are also confident that reaching 200 committed disciples, Jewish and Gentile people, who are growing as followers of the Messiah by the end of 2018 is possible. Okay? Why? Because we serve a great God and we know his heart And his vision for the world, which includes the Jewish people of this island, is that none should perish. That none should perish. So we ask you to embrace this vision. Come alongside of us and let us work together to see it accomplished. We have a mission. We have a purpose. purpose, And now we have a vision for the next year of what we're going to do with that purpose and the mission. The purpose and mission is the same as Ray and Ashley. But we're giving a vision for a year of what we're going to do with that purpose and mission statement. And we encourage you to come alongside of us. I just want to close with prayer this morning. Perhaps you are here and you're listening to me and you're thinking, wow, I've never really made that connection, you know, to, uh, to the Messiah. And I don't really have a relationship uh, with uh, God. You know, I mean, I know about him. Uh, but I don't think I know him like a uh, rabbi is talking uh, about him. Well, the good news is that uh, you can, that it's not something that is uh, only for a select few. Again, God loved the world that whoever would believe in him uh, would not perish but have everlasting uh, life. And so I just want to lead us in a, in a quick prayer here. As I said earlier, it's the, the prayer itself is not, uh, does not make you a disciple, but it's the first step, okay, in growing. So uh, if you could all stand to your feet with me, and uh, you could just repeat after me, Hashem, thank you that you loved me, that you sent your son to die for me so that I would not perish. I choose today to receive your love and the sacrifice of your son on my behalf. I want to be a true follower of you. Thank you. Amen. Again, that's the first step of truly having a relationship with God. And uh, I know for me, when I prayed that prayer, most of you who are regular here know that took place when I was six years old, but my life was forever, ever changed. And I remember that moment. So I want to encourage you, 
that God has uh, good things for you, and he wants you to grow uh, in a relationship with him, and that we as a congregation want to be a part uh, of that, and that you could come and speak to my husband and I afterwards. And uh, my husband's going to make his way to the back to greet you as I close with the ironic benediction. And again, vision is so important. As Rabbi Michael said, vision changes the reality. So we're encouraging you to embrace the vision for 2018. Stretch your hand out as I bless you. May Adonai bless you and keep you. May Adonai make his face shine on you and show you his favor. May Adonai lift up his face towards you and give you his peace. May you walk in the peace of Adonai. God's blessing on you. Amen. Prayer from 2 to 3 and Hebrew from 3 to 4. God bless.